In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for our sinners. Now, the hour of our death, amen. Come, Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of your faithful, and then kindle within us the fire of your divine love. Send forth your spirit, and they shall be created. Let us pray. O God, that instruct the hearts of your faithful by the light of the Holy Spirit. Grant us that by the same Spirit we may be truly wise and ever rejoice in his consolation to the same Christ our Lord. O Lady Fatima, pray for us. St. Joseph, pray for us. O God's angels and saints, pray for us. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Good evening. Good evening. Uh, I'd like to start off with uh, good news, and it's the following, that next uh, Tuesday is the 4th of July, uh, but I have the intention the following week to offer another program, and it's going to be in the month of July. So after the talk, we'll be giving you these invitations that have been made in which you'll be able to continue uh, in our spiritual growth for basically the month of July. So Tuesday, I'm dedicating to the young people. Uh, last night, we Monday, I dedicate to the Hispanics, those who speak Spanish. Some of your parents who speak Spanish are coming with me. And last night, we had about... 330 Hispanic parents that came to another program that I have. So I've got a lot of programs. Uh, but I'd like, to, I'd like to give, dedicate Tuesday to the young people. I'd like to give that, that day to you if you want to come. Okay? If you want to come. Now obviously it depends on you. But I'd like you to come so that during the summer you have uh, some spiritual activity to look forward to during the summer months. And that's Tuesday that we'll be dedicating to you, the young people. Okay? So, uh, and you can invite some friends because it's going to be, it's going to be different, a different program in this sense. That... Um, you're reading my book now. You're going to be reading a book that's much better than my book. Okay, not that my book is bad. I, I think my book is pretty well written. Okay, but the book we're going to be giving to you is right now. We've ordered for all of you uh, a brand new Bible that we're going to give to you in two weeks. What do you think? So we're, 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 we're ordering, we're going, to be, we're going to be expending about a good thousand dollars, which is a lot of money. But you're so important that we're going to be giving all of you a brand new Bible. Do you like that? Yes. You know, I, when I was your age, I, I didn't have my own Bible. We had the family Bible. Uh, my mom and dad had the Bible. I had my own Bible. I, when I was 13, 14... 
I never even thought of having my own Bible. You're going to have your own Bible. What do you think? So you're going to have your own Bible. And uh, so, of course, the Bible is the most important book in the whole world. And so what I'll do is uh, I'll start to teach you how to, how to use the Bible. Because the Bible is the most important book in the world, but it's not always that easy to read it. But being a priest, I have a degree in English literature, so I know language pretty well. I'm a theologian, so I can help you to understand how to read the Bible. I'll go down to the level of teenage and try to help you to understand the Bible, and you're able to put that... Uh, Bible into your own life. Apply it to your own life. So in two weeks, we'll give you the new Bible. And we're going to have a special ceremony where I will be blessing your Bible because you know the Bible is is uh, is a holy book. So we'll have a ceremony. I'll come out with a stole and the holy water and I bless all the Bibles. And you'll have that Bible the rest of your life, hopefully. Now, if it falls apart... They say, whoever has a, bo- a Bible that's falling apart probably won't have his life falling apart. Amen? <laughs> kind of like that, huh? Whoever has a Bible, his Bible is falling apart. He probably won't have his life falling apart. All right. So, one of the purposes, so we'll, we'll give you out an invitation. Maybe we'll give you out too. And so invite some friends if you want, Okay. How many courses like this, they're not only free, but we're giving you a freebie? I mean, this doesn't exist, no? So we're giving you a freebie, your Bible, and all these different activities, free of charge. Okay, so I'd like to, I'd like to, tell, you a, I'd like to tell you a story. A couple of stories, then we'll move into our topic for today. About... Um, 85 years ago, about 90 years ago, uh, my father was about your age, okay? And my father has passed away, and he was living in Detroit, Michigan. Next to our neighbor had uh, a German shepherd. Know what a German shepherd is, all of you? And the German Shepherd uh, had some health problems. You know, dogs get sick too, right? And the dog was coughing up a storm. So they took the dog to a veterinarian. This is 90 years ago. They had a modern veterinarian that was trying a new remedy to help dogs that had especially problems with coughing and throat problems. The dog was coughing up a storm, so the vet said, when the dog coughs, open up his mouth, and then with some cotton and some gasoline, gasoline, to put some gasoline at the tip of his tongue and to try to swab the back of his throat. 
So it was a Saturday, my dad was maybe about 10 years old, and the dog was coughing up a storm. And he saw the neighbors opening up the throat of the dog. And they put about three or four drops of gasoline on the cotton and then put it on the tongue and the throat of the dog. And the dog took off like a bat out of hell. Okay? That's a New York expression, which means running very fast. And he ran around my father's house once, twice, three times, four times, and five times. Then he dropped at the feet of my father. Drop dead? No, he ran out of gasoline. <laughs> he ran out of gas. You like that? <laughs> so, we're here so that we won't run out of gasoline. We're here to make it to heaven. We're here to make it to heaven. So we want to fill ourselves with spiritual gasoline. Okay, so the topic today I'd like to talk about is related to a personal experience that I had. And I'd like to talk to you about how God, okay, God allows bad things to happen to bring better things out of it. You hear me? As soon or later you're going to hear people, why does God allow bad things to happen? That's one of the most common questions. Why does God allow bad things to happen? So I'd like to tell you a personal experience, the most painful thing that happened to me as a teenager. Maybe you haven't suffered a lot. Maybe you haven't suffered yet. But when I was a teenager... I suffered a lot. And I'd like to tell you what was the greatest suffering I went through, how God brought good out of it. Can I tell you? All right. When, uh, when I was your age, I loved sports. Okay? I loved sports and I was, a, I was a very good athlete. Now, I'll tell you a couple of things that happened and how... God allowed the most painful thing to happen in my life to bring incredible good. Okay, when I was your age, we had at least, I'm from the East Coast, I'm a New Yorker from New York, New Jersey. We had what was called the President's Council of Physical Fitness. I don't think they have it here in California, no? You know what that is? Is if you were able to perform certain physical activities really well, you'd actually get the president to actually sign the document and send it to you. So it was about six or seven things that we had to do. And I was uh, 13, I was about, I'd say, five feet tall, about 95 pounds, uh, small but wiry, very, very strong for a guy that was barely 100, no? 
And the first one was had to run the the 50, and I ran that in 6.5. Okay, wasn't the best, but it's moving. Okay. Then uh, I ran the 600, which would be a third of a mile. I ran that in a, a minute and 41, which was the best in the school, even though I was in seventh grade. Then um, I did 10 pull-ups. Then uh, the rope climb, I was kind of like a monkey. I was able to climb up to the top of the roof in about 90 seconds. Then I threw a softball 240 feet, which would be like a, a football field. And I was best at what's called a shuttle run. Any of you know what the shuttle run is? That was my best. The shuttle run? Probably have a different name here in California. Is You've got these lines. You've got these lines of tape on the gym. And you run and you touch it. And you touch it and then you go back and forth, back and forth. What's that? I don't like that name, suicide. It's better in, in New Jersey English. We called it the shuttle run. And I was really good at that because I was fast and very quick. So I, I, I won that. I won that, which was huge. You know, very few were able to win that award. And I got the award from the, signed by the President of the United States of America. Then what happened was, when I was um, your age, I also decided that I would do a little bit of wrestling. Any of you do any wrestling? So wrestling, I did that. And given that when I was your age, I was already, already starting to lift weights, already was running. So, you know, running, running 55 years ago was not common. So I'd, be, I'd run a mile. And I was about the only kid in town that would do it. So I was trying to really keep in good shape. So uh, I wrestled, and you probably know there are different classes. You've got the featherweight, and you've got the middleweight, and you've got the heavyweight. And uh, so I was in one of the lower weights. And I never forget it. The, the first guy I wrestled, I pinned him in three seconds. So I got the headlock, and I threw him down. And it was a piece of cake. Second guy got a hold of him and pinned him in 20 seconds. And it wasn't because those guys that were only 95 pounds, I had much more strength than them. And then the third guy I pinned in about two minutes. You know what was happening is, parallel to me, there was another guy that was, win that was winning. Guess who it was? It was Jim Nolan. Do you know who Jim Nolan was? My best friend. <laughs> and we would wrestle together. And his brother was one of the best wrestlers in high school because we were only in you know, junior high. His name is Jim Nolan. Remember that name? Jim Nolan, no? So... He was beating, 
his competitors just the way I was. Guess who ended up in the finals? Me with Jim Nolan. <laughs> so the two, the two best friends became the worst enemies overnight. And we were good at it. Once we hit that mat, Dunley Wrestling, we were mortal enemies. It was cutthroat. <laughs> and we were, we were both Catholics too, and both, both both the boys, I think, no? We, thought, we forget about being a little boy, forget about being Catholic once we hit that net, no? So, ready, set, go, boom! I went after him, I knocked him down first, okay? I got a, I got a point because you know, you, get, you win by point. So I got two points. And he threw me over and he got like two points. And we were... We were locked, the two worst enemies in New Jersey there. No? And then what happened was, I took him and I threw him into the, net, the mat and I knocked his teeth out. Yeah. At least one, I knocked his tooth, because if you're thrown down hard on the mat, so I knocked his tooth out. So we had to stop. We had to stop the fight, you know, for about a minute. Anger was building up in him. He took me and he threw me into the mat and he almost broke my nose. No? So I lost about a pint of blood, okay? So I had to stop so I could you know, stuff up my nose, okay? So it went on and on and on. And Finally, it was over, and I won six to four. <laughs> and that was the last time I wrestled. <laughs> okay, but let me, okay, let, me, let me tell you the suffering now, and then I'd like to um, address the topic. Okay, I'd like to, I'd like to address the topic. Uh, when I was 13, 14, I had the greatest suffering in my life. Because at that age, I was really good at sport. Any of you play baseball? Do you know what baseball is? Any of you? Yes. You've heard of it, okay. So it, in eighth grade, I threw my first no-hitter. No-hitter because, I'll tell you why, is they would tell... If you were 13 or 14, don't throw the curveball. Okay? If you ever, you ever watch baseball, any of you guys? Yes. Okay. Look at the motion of my arm now. Okay, I'll show you again. Just look, look at my arm now. That's a curve. What happens if you do that 50 times? If you're 13 or 14? You can you can rip a tendon, and you can ruin your life. You can you can ruin your arm. And if you look at it, look, this is a very violent action. So I just said, ah, who cares? So I practiced it about a thousand times, 
the opening day strike out 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 why because they, they had never seen a curveball before and I was on so it was curving right over the plate and they're bailing out so with, with all of that I did two very stupid things this is what it, whenever I did something I did it a hundred percent whatever I did it was always a hundred percent I ran so much that I, I ruined my leg so the cartilage under my knee uh, loosened so I, I, I couldn't walk I, I couldn't run and you Californians you never heard of Greenwich Village Greenwich Village is the richest place in Manhattan my dad taught, took me there to the best doctors in the country doctors said we can't do anything I made Novena after Novena to St. Jude for the, the, the saint of impossible cases St. Jude didn't hear me then to make then to make things worse okay you Californians have you ever do you California you know what snow is any of you yeah. you're sure about that yeah. not ice cream cones they say in Spanish La nieve, no okay it's snow it's a white thing that falls from the sky on the East Coast right so I did another dumb thing in the middle of winter I was I was um, competing with my friends to see who could throw the snowball over the top of this building downtown and I was throwing and my arm started to really hurt and I said ah, who cares and I threw and threw it and my arm got worse and worse and worse ended by ruining my arm so there I was 14 years old entering into high school with a bad arm and a bad leg and I couldn't do what I loved most which was play sports different than you I really I I did well at school but I didn't like I didn't like to go to school I got good grades but I, I didn't like to go to school at all but I like to play sports so for two years for two years my soft my, my freshman year in my sophomore year I was seeing my friends playing sport I couldn't play sport it was hell on earth and man did I cry and beg the Lord to help me but a month passed by didn't get better six months didn't get better a year didn't get better a year and a half didn't get better two years didn't get better then finally my junior year it was better and then I made varsity for bowling as well as baseball and I played good I played good baseball then when I went to the university I played I played on the university level Villanova you know the good basketball team I played there but let me tell you what happened I'm only aware of this now that if that didn't happen 
most likely I would have become a professional baseball player. Most likely. I would have, I would have, made, the, I would have made the pros because I was, I was really good. But I lost two years. If you lose two years when you're in prime, you're not going to develop the way. If I was developing the way I was going, I would have, I would have headed to the, major, to the professional. But I would have never made it to be the major league. The Dodgers, the Yankees, the Mets, yeah. the Giants. I would have never made it. Okay. Now, look what's happened though. Okay, as, as a result of that, I didn't make it to become a baseball player, but I'm a Catholic priest, and that's much better. How good God is. How good God is. God said to me, okay, I want you to play baseball by becoming a priest and save a lot of souls. I'm only aware of this the past couple of years of my life because I suffered much more than any of you. Because my passion was baseball. So God said no to baseball, yes to become a priest. How good God is. But how painful that was in my life. Only God knew how much I suffered. I was very quiet. I kept everything to myself. I suffered hell on earth. So God allows evil to bring greater good out of it. So remember those stories because it's going to happen to you in your life one way or another. You're going to have to suffer one way or another. But God allows, allows evil to bring greater good out of it. And look at it this way. If, if I were a professional baseball player, when did they retire? 38. I would have retired as a professional baseball player 30 years ago. I'm heading towards 70, and I believe I'm in my prime right now. How good God is. So that's the story I'd like to tell you today. And... The topic for today will be our closing touches on how we can become saints. Let's review, let's review what we've done. First is this. Are you listening? First is this. Stay in the boat. Stay in the ship. Stay in the ship. Stay inside the Catholic Church. You're not in college yet. But you're going to be tempted, you're going to be tempted to leave the Catholic Church. Stay in the church. You hear me? I'm not going to give you a lesson in history. I could, but I'm not going to give you a lesson in history. I'll tell you this. The church has always had problems. But Jesus Christ is the head of the church 
And his body is called the mystical body. Stay in the church. And instead of complaining, many people complain, okay, instead of complaining, pray, fast, and become a saint. Amen? Amen. Much easier to suffer from this modern malady is called complainitis. Huh? A modern malady is called complainitis. Always complaining. So instead of complaining about things, become a saint. The second talk we gave was on the importance of prayer. Remember? And I gave you the analogy that I've created, which is what air is to the lungs, prayer is to the soul. You hear me? What air is to the lungs, prayer is to the soul. If you do not breathe, you're going to suffocate. If you don't pray, if you don't pray, your spiritual life is going to wither up and you're going to die. So pray. And as I said two weeks ago, I can teach all of you how to pray and I can teach your parents how to pray and I can do it pretty well. But I cannot give you the desire to pray. You've got to beg for the desire to pray. The third thing that we said last week is all of us are sinners. But God is merciful. Get in the habit of going to confession as often as possible. The specific effect of confession is that of healing. Confession can help us in these two areas, preventive medicine and curative medicine. Why do you get a checkup? To try to prevent certain sickness. So see confession as healing. You go to a doctor to be healed of a physical malady. You go to the spiritual physician to be healed of the sickness of the soul. Okay, the topic today is love for Mary. Love for Mary. About a hundred years ago, there was a young man that went to the university in Naples, in Italy, to become a lawyer. He was brought up and raised in a Catholic family. But when he was in the university there, he drifted away from the practice of the faith and he became involved in what is called Satanism. He became involved in 
the practice of Satanism. And he became so involved that he gave his whole life to the practice of the Satanic. And he was ordained a Satanic priest. Did you know? I'm a Catholic priest, but you got Satanic priests. Yeah, they're out there. And the Church of Satan was set up here in California, in San Francisco, by Anton LaVey about 60 years ago. So he became a, a satanic priest. He went through bouts of depression and was thinking about committing suicide. One of the priests that saw him so depressed, a Dominican priest, started to pray and to fast for him. And he went back to confession. When he came out of the confessional, he heard two voices. One voice that said, you belong to me because you sold your soul to Satan. You belong to me. There was another voice that said, if you want to be saved, pray the rosary. So there was a battle. You belong to me, the powers of darkness. Another voice that said, you want to be saved, pray the rosary. That soft but insistent voice, you want to be saved, pray the rosary, was the Blessed Virgin Mary. He rejected the voice of the devil. He accepted the voice of Mary. And he started to pray the rosary. And spread the rosary. He renounced Satan. And he became one of the greatest rosary rosary saints in the church. And his name is Bartolo Longo. And he died after having built the most famous Marian sanctuary of the rosary in the world in Pompeii. And he died, he died a saint. And the Holy Father beatified him, which means right before becoming a canonized saint. So he was a satanic priest and he became a saint. How? Through the Blessed Virgin Mary. So the worst people in the world can be the best people in the world if we give ourselves to Mary. Amen? Amen. So we're going to work on a worksheet now. We all have two mothers, the earthly and the heavenly. I just finished giving a retreat, and as always, I concluded encouraging the people to have great love for Mary. As we pray in the Hail Holy Queen, Mary is our life, our sweetness, and our hope. With a winning smile on the face of a retreatant, approached me and said, I have two mothers, my earthly mother and my heavenly mother. They both have a point in common. They love their children. Who is Mary and who is Mary for you? 
In the entire world, Mary's by far the most known, loved, painted, depicted, sculptured woman in the world at large. No other woman can ever even come close to the widespread profusion and projection and admiration of Mary. The most majestic, majestic churches, basilicas, and cathedrals have Mary as their title. Notre Dame, Our Lady in Paris, to give an example, in church architecture. Perhaps the most used closing hymn in weddings, Catholics as well as Protestants, is that of the Ave Maria. Names given to girls have Mary's name in one form or another. Mary, Maria, Lourdes, Fatima, Conception, Ana Maria, Guadalupe, the most common name among Mexican girls and women, Rosario, Rosa. Literature depicts the greatness of Mary. Among the literary masterpieces, Dante's Divine Comedy is beyond doubt one of the greatest. Close to the end of the journey of Dante, passing through hell to purgatory, up to paradise, Dante, accompanied by St. Bernard, raises his eyes to the heights. There, above the angels and saints, is Mary depicted as the Rosa Mystica, the mystical rose. Towns, cities, and countless take Mary as their patron and model. For example, one of the biggest cities in the United States is that of Los Angeles. The technical and total name of the city is Nuestra Señora Reina de los Angeles, a lady queen of the angels. Chile has Conception as one of the most prominent places in honor of the Immaculate Conception. Churches. Now churches, the Marian names are almost countless. Our Lady of Fatima, Our Lady of Lourdes, Mary the Mother of God, the Assumption, Our Lady of the Rosary, Our Lady of Mount Carmel, Our Lady of Refuge for Sinners, Consulate in Turin, Italy, Our Lady of Consolation. How Mary's children love her by attributing names to her in so many churches, monuments, poems, landmarks, literary works, musical compositions, paintings, icons, etc. How great Mary is and how many millions of people love her, consecrate themselves to her, entrust their lives to her and live trustingly under her maternal gaze. In our pursuit of holiness, in our pursuit of holiness, Jesus is undoubtedly the way, the truth, and the life. However, Jesus loves his mother so much that he wants us to love her and entrust our lives to her. One of the common points in the lives of the saints is their passion for Jesus, but also their love for Mary, his mother and our mother. Love the one he loves. In fact, if we truly want to love Jesus fully, totally, and unreservedly, then we should love his friends, the saints and the angels. But even more so, if we love Jesus, we should love the person that he loves by far the most. That is his mother, who he has given to us as mother. Therefore, 
in our pursuit of holiness, in striving to become the saint that God wills for us, let us get to know Mary, Jesus' mother, and our mother better. The more we get to know her, and the more we will get to love her, and imitate her, and become holy. Amen. Number one. List an important name for Mary. Okay, the most important name you can give for Mary is, write it down, Mary is the mother of God. There are many, many names, but there's no greater, no greater title that we can give. Mary's the mother of God. That's the greatest. Where can we find the presence of the Blessed Virgin Mary in the Gospel of St. Luke? Okay, so in two ways you're going to be getting your Bible. You're going to find out where can we find Mary in St. Luke. Okay, St. Luke chapter 1 and 2. So chapter 1 and 2 of St. Luke, you find the Blessed Virgin Mary. Okay, where do we find Mary in St. John? Now, your Protestant friends would probably know this more than us because they read the Bible more than Catholics. We're going to try to beat them out, though, starting in two weeks. Okay? We're going to beat out those Prots, those Protestants. Okay? Amen? Yeah. We're going to beat out those Protestants, no? The Jehovah Witnesses, huh? Okay, where do you find Mary and John? None of you know except Father Broom. Okay, write down John chapter 2. In John chapter 19. Any of you know that the last book of the Bible, we're going to be learning about the Bible in two weeks. It's called Revelation. Also, Apocalypse. Why is it Revelation and Apocalypse? Because Revelation is the Latin, Apocalypse would be the Greek. The Bible is written in Greek and then translated into Latin and then into Spanish and English. So, Revelation chapter 12. Which you see the woman clothed with the sun, with the moon underneath her feet, with the crown of twelve stars on her on her on her head. Okay, how about Genesis three fifteen, called the Proto Evangelium? How's your Greek? Proto Evangelium, which means the first gospel, first announcement of good news. Okay, write down she will crush the head of the devil. Okay, she will crush the head of the devil. That's Genesis 3.15. Okay, very quickly now, I'm going to go through what are called Mary's great privileges. First is Mary's immaculate conception. Have you ever heard that before? Mary's immaculate conception, right down... Mary was conceived without original sin. Mary was conceived without original sin. We were conceived with original sin and was washed away through baptism. But Mary was conceived without original sin. Okay, number seven. 
Mary's perpetual virginity. What does that mean? You ever heard the word, the word perpetual? You learn that? Perpetual means forever. Okay. So Mary was virgin before the birth of Jesus. She can see it through the power of the Holy Spirit during the birth of Jesus. Think about this. As sun passes through the window without breaking the window, so Jesus passed through Mary without Mary losing her virginity. Isn't that beautiful? Beautiful, you think about it. So sun can pass through the window. It's not going to break the window. So Mary passed through Mary's womb without Mary losing her virginity. It's beautiful. That's a great miracle of God. And then after Mary's virgin, the Protestants say that Mary had other children, and that's not true. Mary only had one biological child, and that was Jesus. But Mary has millions of spiritual children, and that's me, and that's you. We're the spiritual children, Mary. But biological, biological, only one. That's Jesus Christ. Got that? So that's Mary's perpetual virginity. Next. Mary's divine maternity. Some of you, some of you will probably become nurses. Some of you will become doctors one day. Do, do any of you know what the maternity ward is if you go into the hospital? Maternity ward is where the babies are born. Okay? A little bit of vocabulary. Okay, maternity ward, that's where the babies are born. That's where nurses are there to help the babies be born. So what do you think divine maternity means? It means Mary's motherhood. So divine maternity means Mary's motherhood. Part of learning our faith is learning the vocabulary. So you're learning some new vocabulary today, which is pretty important. Divine maternity. Now the assumption of Mary. Have any of you ever heard the assumption of Mary? No, none of you, okay? Two of you, okay? okay the assumption of Mary. What is that, Adam? It's when Mary um, rose body and soul into heaven by the power of God. Well said, okay. So Mary was taken up into heaven, okay? She was taken up into heaven in body and soul. So those, those taken up to heaven in body and soul. Yes. So Mary was virgin before the birth of Jesus, during the birth of Jesus, and after the birth of Jesus. Now if you talk to Protestants and Jehovah's Witnesses, they'll always fight you on this. Okay? I think it's beautiful. And all of you are called to be virgins up until your, your marriage. You know that? We're going to pray that that's the case. You're called to be virgins all the way up until your married night. And if you love Mary, Mary will help you to do that. Amen? Mary will help you. A lot of your friends won't do that, but through the help of Mary's prayers, you're going to arrive at uh, virginity the day of your, your marriage. That's, that's, way, that's what God wants. So having a life of purity is very important. Mary will help you to be pure. 
And believe me, Mary can help you be pure. And being pure is very beautiful. The interior beauty of your soul, right? That, that's what it is. The interior beauty of your soul, very pleasing to God. Very pleasing to God. Okay, so then we have uh, below the assumption, mediatrics. Do you know what that is? Adam? It's the feminine version of mediator. Okay, and really what it means is that mediatric means this, that Mary is the quickest way to Jesus. She's the shortcut to Jesus. You want to arrive at Jesus quickly? And do it through Mary. Okay, turn the page. Now, after getting no Mary, better we are. We are. What are some of the concrete ways that we can show our love for the devotion to Mary? Love must become manifest through concrete deeds or actions. If we love a person and we want to spend time with that person, think about that person, talk to that person, as well as make that person love far and wide. Okay, so number one, morning offering. Write down. My first prayer, I consecrate myself to Jesus through Mary. Okay, My first prayer. Consecrate yourself to Jesus through Mary. So as soon as you hear the alarm clock, you, you give yourself to Jesus through Mary. Okay, number two. Okay, do any of you have a scapular? Okay. If you have a scapula, if you don't have a scapula, uh, we'll, we'll try to get you a scapula. You should wear the scapula. You have to wear the scapula. That's a sign that you belong to Mary. If you come to our parish, we gave it to you on the day of your first communion. Okay. I have placed probably probably at least 30,000 scapulars on 30,000 different people. Wear the scapula. I could give you a whole hour talk on the many miracles that come from those who wear the scapula. Third, Angelus. Pray it at least once a day. Next is the Miraculous Medal. Okay, the Miraculous Medal, I don't have time to explain in detail, but I have, for example, I wear, see if I can get it out, I wear this. The scapula that my, my mother actually made. This is a scapular. Inside the scapula, 
You feel? What do you feel? What do you feel here? So inside it, I got the miraculous medal and the medal of Saint Benedict, which is a powerful medal against the devil. Okay. So this is my scapula, and my mother made it because I'm very athletic, and I, I ripped the I ripped the other ones apart. So this is a shoelace. Does your mother know how to sew? Any of them? Do you know how to sew? Something? Make make your own. Okay. You shoe lace. Make your own. Okay? Cloth, wool, and so you got your own, and then we'll bless it. So I like this because this is this this will last years because it's so strong. Yeah, wash it every two or three months, huh? The scapula. Okay, next is picture of Mary. Have a picture of Mary. Uh, over your bed. Okay, over your bed, have a picture of Mary. Choose whichever one you want. Okay, Mexicans, okay, Our Lady Guadalupe is probably your favorite. Today we celebrate Our Lady of Perpetual Help. Our Lady of Fatima, we have there. Our Lady of Lourdes. Choose whichever one you like. But you should all have a picture of Mary over your bed. Do you have that? You come home from school, you had a tough day, Mary's welcoming you. And you feel happy. She's welcoming you after a hard day. You know, a picture is worth more than a thousand words. It's true. Have a nice picture. Okay, the next, read on Mary. Maybe I shouldn't do this, but I would suggest that you buy my last book. It's called Marian Compendium. So you might ask your mom, okay, it's 60 bucks, okay? And the money goes to the seminarians in Boston so they can be ordained priests, okay? Uh, but the, it, it sold like hotcakes. So you might get that and, and read it. If you read that, you're really going to get to know Mary. It's not the only one. There are many others, but the author is trying to do some promotion here. Okay, <laughs> okay Mary and feast days. Mary and feast days. Go to Mass on Mary and feast days and receive communion and honor Mary. Number eight, novenas to honor Mary. Any of you know what a novena is on a novena? Have, have any of you ever made a novena? Okay, just a few of you. Novena means nine days in a row. So nine days in a row, you say a prayer to Mary. Could be the rosary, it could be other prayers. Okay, next would be the Holy Rosary. I'm not going to lie to you, praying the Rosary is tough. But when, when I was suffering my, with my arm and my leg and I started to pray the Rosary walking to school, I would pray three Rosaries when I was 14 walking to school. 
I had to walk two miles. So I prayed the 15 decade when I was walking to school. Why not? So you may not pray three rosaries a day. Probably that's why I'm a priest because I prayed a lot when I was a teenager. But pray at least five decades. You can spend four hours on your phone. You can't give Mary 15 minutes. Come on. Come on. That's embarrassing. You're on your phone. Three, four, five hours. You can't give Mary 15 minutes. Get your priorities right, pal. Put God first. Put Mary first. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and everything else will be given you beside. That's what Jesus says. Seek first the kingdom and his righteousness. Everything else will be given you beside. And then he'd be apostle of Mary. Try to bring other people to Mary. Never will we regret our love and devotion to Mary. The more we love Mary, the more we will love Jesus. And the more we love Jesus, the more we will love the Eternal Father. In the difficult moments of our life, let us lift our heart, minds, souls to Mary, and she will attain for us great peace and consolation. For that reason, we cry out to Mary, our life, our sweetness, and our hope. Amen? Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for our sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. The Lord be with you. May Almighty God bless you, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Hello, everybody. Hello. So we're gonna we're gonna break into uh, 